Welcome, everybody. Hey, it's Eileen Grimes, and I'm an astrologer, and I host this lovely show called The Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this morning, we have on our very special guest, which is Mr. Carl Anderson. He is a Bach Flower Remedy Specialist. We're going to be talking about all that kind of stuff this morning, what the remedies do, what they are, where they came from, and we have a bonus this week. Yesterday, as I was looking through the stuff I wanted to do and who I wanted to talk about for the Celebrity of the Week, I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it, and it just crawled into my brain just very subtly. It says, why don't you try looking up Dr. Bach's information? That's Dr. Bach who invented the remedies. I said, oh, I could do that. So I looked it up, and my God, the chart is actually on the website that I go to. So I was very, very happy to see that, and we've got that here. So we'll be talking about Dr. Edward Bach, who was the creator of the Bach Flower Remedies, and he has quite an interesting history. We're going to be talking about that with Carl Anderson. Carl knows way more about him than I do, I think. Do you? I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, I mean, it's just a really fascinating chart, and it's um, really full of good stuff. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to be talking about all sorts of things related to the Bach Remedies this morning. And um, they really are amazing. They really work so well. And we're going to talk about the principles behind the remedies and how they actually work. They are homeopathic remedies that you take uh, by taking a drop, dropper full of it in your mouth, under your tongue. That's homeopathic. So uh, we're going to be talking about all of that this morning. And we're going to be talking about a whole lot more. He's, how long have you been doing this? Since uh, 1999. That's a long time. Wow. Okay. So you know just a little bit about it. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. So anyway, we're going to be doing that, and we're going to do that right after the break. We're going to take a break right now, and after that, we're going to be talking about Dr. Edward Bach. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Real people, real life, real radio. Alternative Talk, 1150. And that's our music, our special music for the Celebrity of the Week. And this week, we have on Dr. Edward Bach. He is obviously the creator and the inventor and all things like that of the Bach Remedies. And we're going to talk way more about those coming up. But let me give you his birth information. His birth chart, I found, was... I looked at it, I went, oh, that's interesting. You know, I didn't quite expect some of this stuff, but then kind of looked at some stuff in here. He does kind of deliver what you don't expect. So his birth date is September 24th, 1886. He was born in, I can't remember when he died. He died when he was 50 years old, right? 1936. 1936, yeah. okay. And he was born at 5.12 p.m. Time in Birmingham, England. So he's British, you all. So we're going to be talking about him, and he is Libra, 
He has Libra Sun and he has Pisces Rising. We figured something like that was going to be in there because I was reading through a biography on him and how he basically came up with the remedies after he researched them a lot to make sure they could be proven. He used intuition to to actually get it spot on, on point type of thing, didn't he? Well, he he was very, very meticulous as a scientist and yes, used the scientific method. Yeah. But later, you know, over time, he did have a very strong intuition. Yeah. And yeah. he... He could. He knew that he could look at somebody and and just speak with him a little bit without even interrogating them to find out yes. the normal questioning. I, he could kind of sense what remedies, what what type they were, what remedies would be appropriate. That's that's for them. exactly how he is. Was well, that's exactly what I would expect somebody to say about him. Looking at his chart, he had Mercury in Virgo. Okay, so that's somebody who's very meticulous about his work. You know, and if he's doing lab work or something like they're testing things like that, he would be extremely finicky about the details yeah. and to make sure that they're correct and perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, he really did have a mind to, to research. He really did. But on the other hand, he had the intuition. And the intuition is st- staring at me in two places here. Pisces rising. Pisces is extremely intuitive. And he also has, in the house of speech, he has Neptune in that house. And Neptune is the ruler of Pisces. So you have the intuition coming in through that direction. And right next to it is Pluto. So and it's out of sign, but it's still conjunct. But Pluto is in there, too, which when you add that to his, his perceptions of people, he would have perceptions that would take him right to the bottom of the bowl. Mm-hmm. He would pick up stuff really deep in people. Mm-hmm. And he would be talking to them and he would ask them questions and he would get at it through the intuitive part. But then he would know just the right question to ask to take the person to a very deep level so he could actually deal with or to help people on an energetic level. But it's at very deep levels, mm-hmm. stuff that they may not even be aware of. So that's at least that's what his chart is telling me. So would you agree with that? Yeah, that sounds to that's that rings true. Okay, good. Yeah, All right. Yeah. yeah, and he has you know, um he has a seventh house placement. He's got five planets in there. They're all crammed in there. There's no room left in the womb here. And um so he started off with a south node, which is a past life what he incarnated from with Pisces right on his ascendant. So he did come from um, a very intuitive sort of background and, and sensitivities all over the place. But then he has a north node in Virgo. So he was learning about those things that made him concentrate. I mean, he could look at everything in a big picture and kind of get what the flavor of it is. Mm-hmm. But what he had to do was look at the big picture and then go down to the detail level and look deeper and deeper and deeper and find all the little minuscule details because the details would have would have actually helped him and helped him put together the remedies so that um that would they would work but you know he'd had he had to have the linear logical stuff to go in there too you know Pisces and Virgo are opposite signs so you have Pisces's big picture Virgo is sort of little picture but little picture in the sense of finding all the right pieces of information to go in the right slots so that then he can look at it and then get an overall flavor of it and go, yes, that's right, because that feels right. So that's the key is that it feels right. That was the thing he would probably say. So um, anyway, now the other thing about him 
There's a couple of things here, and I kind of looked at this and went, oh, okay. We have a sun in conjunction with Uranus. Now, most times when people have this, it's a an very idiosyncratic, out-of-the-box thinker and somebody who's way left of, of center, very alternative. So he would have had very nervous energy, by the way, because the, the nerves come from Uranus. Because it's sort of like when, you, you, when you're connecting to Uranus, it's the mind of God. Remember that. And when you connect up to that frequency, it's the higher mind of Mercury. So he has Uranus, he has Mercury in Virgo, and then he has on the other side of his sun, he has Uranus and sun all clamped in there in a conjunction there. So he has the higher mind already built into the lower mind, the detailed mind. But when he goes higher, which he would have to always do with Uranus, it's something that he would do unexpectedly, suddenly, without warning. He would sort of have this sort of intuitive side to him that maybe not exactly be able to be counted on, but it was always there Mm -hmm. because that's the stuff that helped him break out of a typical sort of societal uh, role that he played because he didn't follow what society's rules at all, did he? Well, yeah, he started out as a as a medical doctor. Yeah, that's and true. He continued on um, and got a got higher degrees in public health from Cambridge and specialties in surgery and he was a bacteriologist. So he did all this stuff, but he that's kept very he was kept searching seeking. Searching for, for, for something more. Right? Yes, yes. That would have been the Uranus. He developed some of the earliest vaccines, um, allopathic vaccines. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was studying the human gut back oh. in the 19, early 1900s, way oh. ahead of anybody else. Okay. Very recently, doctors are starting to pay attention to the gut flora. Mm-hmm. Naturopaths have been for maybe 20, 30 years. Um, but 100 years ago, oh, he was actually doing that okay and researching this time our health how how the gut bacteria mm-hmm. reflect our health or refe- re- reflect or affect our health mm-hmm. and he just d- developed um he identified seven different strains or rather not individual strains but groupings of bacteria right that were present in the gut yeah i had that list of seven here and yeah the seven and, we'll and he those. created he created vaccines for those yes right and right. the british government actually gave him approval to inoculate troops during wow. World War One. That's amazing. And uh, right, it really was. Because that uh, never would have happened today. No. No. And um, they get, and he's credited with saving thousands of lives. But the thing is, um, he later, you know, the vac- vaccines, the inoculations were really kind of hard then. The needles were not hair, like, you know, as fine, fine as human point. hair like they right, are today. Right, right. They were these clunky things that were really kind of obnoxious. And yeah. a lot of people didn't really like them. They, they can really hurt. And they were uh-huh. fat needles and all. I'm sure. So he ended up just deciding, uh, he, he went to London Homeopathic Hospital. Okay. And he studied homeopathy. He had immersed himself in the, in the uh, teachings of Dr. Samuel Hahnemann. Okay. Who's the founder of homeopathy. Right. right. And uh, he be, basically became a homeopath as well. And he converted those into the seven homeopathic nosodes of the same thing so yes, that they can right. be taken internally instead of instead of inoculated. Okay, right. And, um, and then he later wanted to even go further and distance himself from, since those were developed from pathogens, mm-hmm. he reached out and discovered, you know, was looking in the plant world for something that would do the same sort of thing without 
he didn't want to use start with something that was that was basically pathogenic. He wanted to start. Well, that's with not a good that. idea. No. So he so he so he went to the plant world and basically replicated those and, okay. and the results. That's what led him to the to the flower remedies. Okay, that makes sense. So he was like you say he was always searching for something more, and yes. this was out, thinking outside the box. All yeah, of this. really outside of the box. All of this was outside yeah, of the box. Really, completely. Okay, we have to take a break really quick now, and we'll come back. I want to talk about the meaning of homeopathy. Because, you know, I always say homeopathic, and I kind of, well, what does that word mean exactly? So I know you know, and so I'm going to ask you. Okay. So we're going to be right back here with the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW, Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 29th, it's Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald, entertaining, uplifting, and educating the human animal. This month, Kevin's guests include Holly Berry, entrepreneur and animal shelter volunteer, and Randy Hathaway, composer and director. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Self-help, healing, spirituality, and more on Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This morning we have on Carl Anderson, and we're talking about Dr. Bach, who invented the, he developed the Bach flower remedies. And um, we're going to be talking now about uh, homeopathy. You know, because of these remedies, the only thing I know about homeopathy is you take it under your tongue. That's it. I think that's the difference between that and other different persuasions. But mm. there's probably more meanings than that. So right. why don't you tell me what homeopathy is? The idea of, hom- well, homeopathy, for one thing, is energetic medicine. <gasps> energetic medicine. Okay. So, or vibrational medicine. Okay. So there, if you were to take any homeopathic remedies, say arnica, um, Arsenicum album, um, belladonna, and you were to do mass spectroscopy on it, you'd find nothing of the original plant. That's why you can use things that are toxic. So in this case, like arsenic is toxic. Yes. Arsenicum is the remedy from arsenic. Okay. Uh, belladonna is also poisonous, toxic. And yeah. But there's nothing of the belladonna plant left, right. just the energetic footprint right. in right. the remedy. So that's the main difference. Unlike pharmaceuticals, um, they contain chemical constituents. Even mm-hmm. herbs contain the chemical constituents, naturally derived chemical st- constituents that are developed in the plants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are no chemicals constituents in homeopathy. Okay, so Likewise, it's energetic. It's energetic. Yeah. And that's the only similarity between homeopathy and the Bach flower remedies because Bach flower remedies are also energetic medicine. Theoretically, they're not technically homeopathic. They're called homeopathic remedies because they are... So homeopathic remedies are diluted many, many times. And the the more dilute something is, the stronger it becomes in terms of the remedy. Right. But the term homeopathy, if if I'm not mistaken, means basically treating like with like. Okay. So rather than treating something with its opposite, you treat treat it with the same thing and basically get the body to recognize it and the, then the body will respond to whatever the ailment is. Okay. So the homeopathic remedy for for flu for instance influenza is some type of in, some type of influenza basically. Okay. You know, a, silico- a silicoxinum is a composite of various things that um, 
and then basically gets gets your body to recognize this and then develop antibodies for it and you know right, and attack right, it right exactly. Um, so it, it's basically supposed to stimulate your body to respond. Right. Okay. Yeah. To make antibodies. Right. right. Okay. Um, well, the, too bad they don't do that with COVID. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, not going to get into that. But yeah, as far that as I know, would take it. That'd be that, a whole other discussion. Yeah. But, but the thing is, um, the flower remedies are also vibrational medicine, mm-hmm. and they work at a much higher vibration than standard homeopathy. Okay. And therefore, they are not limited by some of the constraints that regular homeopathy is. If you're taking constitutional homeopathy, you're not supposed to drink coffee. Oh. Coffee will antidote it. Okay. Um, you're also supposed to avoid strong fragrances like mint mm-hmm. or things like menthol, eucalyptus, okay. because they, they can antidote them. All right. They're supposed to not be go through the x-rays at the airport or in the post, uh, in the mail service. Um, none, none of those apply to the, to the Bach mm-hmm. flower remedies. Okay. Um, the flower remedies are diluted slightly. Yes, they but are. But they are not, they don't go through the full dilutions that, that most standard okay. homeopathy does. And so, there's only one dilution of the remedies. So, so when they develop or when they um, make a remedy, they basically, uh, I, real, I read some of his stuff that said, well, that's what he was doing to make them. And he was having, uh, just doing it energetically. And it was a little slow because he had to wait. But um, he actually, to speed it up, he actually used the flower, the plant itself, and sit it in water. So, yeah. So what he, was, what he, what he discovered um, was that the dew that, that formed on plants okay. in the early morning hours or overnight, oh. when, it was hit, when it was hit with the first rays of the sun, oh, that's perfect. that it was potentized. Okay, yeah. And it had, that dew contained the energy of the, of the, the flower. Wow. And he actually, at one point, you know, he, he did all sorts of things. He tried everything under the sun. Mm-hmm. And what he was doing early on was he was collecting with a pipette, collecting that morning dew off of flowers before it evaporated. Right? Wow, that must have been and difficult. Very difficult, right? Yeah. And um, very time, con- you know, very time specific. Yeah. And um, you only have a few minutes to do that. Right, and, and not to mention it's got to be somewhat humid in the morning. Yeah, there has to be, yeah. enough to, which there was in England, you know, typically. Oh, well, yeah, no problem there. <laughs> but, but the thing is, yeah. um, he later realized that he could replicate that mm-hmm. by setting the flowers in a bowl of water okay. in the sunlight and letting the sun basically steep the flowers, making oh. sun tea, in effect. Yeah. And he did that for roughly half the flowers, I think 18 oh. of them. Okay. And um, the others, he just were a little woodier. They're, they're little, you know, mostly tree flowers. Yeah. And um, so he he actually boiled those. Okay. He broiled them. He boiled, wait, wait. boiled. Boiled, not boiled them in water. Right. <laughs> no, he didn't so cook he'd, them. He'd no. boil them for like 20 minutes or something like that. To, oh, I see. To, so that the energy would be transferred into the into the water. Okay, I see. And then that is. Both of those are considered um, the potentized water, water okay. whether it's sitting in the sun or boiled in water. Okay. Um, and then that is preserved with an equal amount of brandy, and that's what they call the mother tincture. Okay. And then two drops of that go into every bottle, every 20-milliliter uh, bottle you buy in the oh. store. So if you went to Mar- Marlene's Market down in Tacoma right. so or Federal Way. So let's see how it's deleted from, diluted from how much to... 
and it goes through several processes of dilution, right? Well, it's just just that. So, oh, just those so, two. So they, the the boiled water or the water that that is sitting in the sun, yeah, is mixed with an equal amount of of brandy. That's okay. to preserve the energy, because yes. the the energy would not last very very long. Right. At, right. So so there's that dilution, that fifty percent dilution right there. Okay. And then there's one more where they put two drops of that mm-hmm. mother tincture into a uh, Twenty milliliters of right. of brandy. A dosage bottle. So that's that second dilution. Okay. And then there's a third dilution. So you can use it either use it at that second dilution right there, directly from the bottle, or you can put two drops of of that remedy into a one ounce bottle, a mixing what we call a mixing bottle, mm-hmm. and fill that with spring water. So that that's the third dilution. So right. it's either the second or third dilution. That's that's all. Yeah. So I mean, I'm thinking about. <laughs> The cost effectiveness of this has to be really great. I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money to oh, do no. this. The remedies are are very affordable. Yeah, extremely affordable. And you know, even um, even you know, some people balk at oh, twenty dollars or whatever for a bottle of of Mimulus, for instance, yeah. which is for standard fears and worries. Yeah. Um, even if you took that straight from the bottle, mm-hmm. two drops each time, It'd take you a long time to use it. It would it would last. Yeah, a does. long a long time. Yeah, but I if you were to dilute it, the third dilution where you put it into two drops would last you a month, basically. Yeah, right. Because two drops would go into that treatment bottle, which is then filled with, with water. Yeah. And that will last you four weeks. Okay. So is that in a base of water or is it yes. brandy? It's That's not... water. So what you buy in the stock bottle is, is in brandy. Okay. With two drops of potentized mother tincture in oh, it. Oh, I see. Okay. A lot of people I've talked to are concerned about that not setting off the signals for drinking, especially if they're alcoholics. Right. So what you can do, if you if you do that third dilution, mm-hmm. it's usually there's only traces of okay, of alcohol. yeah, dropping it in a bottle. Of water. So okay, um, even if you even if you put up to eight remedies, which is the max that you yeah. can combine, that would be sixteen. If rescue was one of those, that would be actually eighteen drops of, of, <coughs> yeah. of brandy. Right. In one ounce, okay, which is what two tablespoons, right? That's that's not very much. No. So if you took four drops of that and put it in hot coffee or tea mm-hmm. or hot water, mm-hmm. it would almost evaporate almost instantly. Okay, sure. That makes and you sense. would not you would not even smell or or taste the, any alcohol. Yeah. Now some people are concerned about the smell of the alcohol. I I do have remedies that are completely glycerin based. Uh huh. Um, they're not sold in this country. Yeah. But I brought mine back from England. Oh, nice. And, uh, okay. So I have all the remedies I, yeah. I can prepare. Yeah, there are people that are concerned about yeah. that. They don't want the signals to sure. be sent to their little brains, and right. all of a sudden they end up, you know, going to the bar. Right. Yeah. So, so. recovering alcoholics, but they're also for people for religious reasons. Yeah. Um, that too. Jains, a, lo- a lot of Hindus, uh, right. Muslims, a lot don't want any alcohol at all. So right. I use exactly. the alcohol-free remedies for them. Okay, great. Yeah, you know what I thought we would do after our next break is we're going to talk about each of the seven sections. Okay. You know, the seven remedies that he, oh, that the he flower groups, that okay. he broke them down into when mm-hmm. he first started to develop this. Mm-hmm. And then <clears throat> talk about the associated of um, remedies that go along with that, too. Okay. So um, I thought that would be a good way to do this because okay. I was finding this. I said, oh, man, you know, I had no idea this was so detailed. So um, it's fascinating. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I've noticed that, um, 
But, you know, I remember I had a girlfriend. Well, I haven't seen her for a while, but she always, you know, when I was stressed out, she says, have you got your rescue remedy there with you? I says, yeah, I have it. And she says, well, just use it, would you? You know, I said, okay. And I did, and it was always great because I calm way down. But uh, it's uh, it's amazing how they work. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, they, really they are. Um, they're very gentle. They're not like drugs. So they, no. they, it's not like taking a Valium or something like no. that. And some people expect that and they want that. Yeah. They might be a little disappointed then because they're not going to get that reaction. It's very subtle. It's subtle, but it's real. It's enough. Yeah. You will still feel your emotions, yeah. but you're in control of them. Right. That's mm. the difference. So it, you, you're, they're not debilitating any longer. It feels as though when I've, I've taken re- Rescue Remedy or whatever, if I'm stressed out, it's like, like there'll be a tick, tick, and then there's a tick, and it's like at that moment I've released everything behind mm-hmm. it, and then I thought, oh, it's gone. Okay, that's good. You know, if you kind of program yourself to look at your emotions mm-hmm. as you're going through it to see what happens. Well, I remember I took that that stuff for for sleeping, and I. Oh yeah, <laughs> those are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I thought, oh my god, I can feel this. Oh god. <laughs> And I was out in a minute. For those of you who are curious what she's talking about, they're called rescue sleep melts. Yeah. And they're these little pellets that contain rescue remedy plus white chestnut, the remedy oh. white chestnut. And white chestnut addresses mental chatter. Yeah. Or racing thoughts. That's or, always you know, just, you know, stream away. of consciousness. Yeah. Um, and the rescue remedy addresses just generalized stress. Yeah, right. Okay. So, um, that combination is, is brilliant. You just it's, set it on your tongue. It just melts melts away within five seconds. And then, then you melt seconds. away in about five and more minutes. Yeah, you just kind of, then before you know it, you're, you don't know it. You don't. <laughs> you're out. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I only took them once, but that's, I only take them when I really need to take them. They're incredible. Yeah. And the thing is, that, again, there's no after effects. So, so if you took Valium or something, you're going to be groggy in the morning or yeah. Valerian root. Yeah. Any of those things, you'll be groggy the next day. And yeah. It might take an hour or two to kind of shake it off. Yeah. With these, there's none of that. None of that. And, no. Uh, I was really amazed. They're safe. They're effective. They're not habit-forming. Mm-hmm. Valium is a benzodiazepine. Yeah. And those research has proven that they cause dementia. Yes, they do. The entire grouping of benzodiazepines. Oh, really? Yes. Valium, Xanax, Ambien. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It would make sense with that. So there's none of that risk with these. So. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, if only um, the doctors had some sort of guideline astrologically as to what how drugs affect people, because it could be really good for them to know that. Right. Yeah. Basically, know? that's the knowledge that pharmacists have. Pharmacists take... An, an intense program of medicinal chemistry. Yes. Doctors have basically a very watered down yeah. um, exposure to that. They don't understand they don't understand the mechanisms that yeah. the pharmacists do. Right. And why they're there, you know, looking at the why. And I do believe that Vachfrau remedies do that. They look at the why of way you are mm-hmm. and treat them accordingly. Right. Yeah. Well that's what we that's what we as as users of the remedies are supposed to do is get to the root of the cause yes. and take the right remedy. Yeah. It's all about taking the right remedy. There are 38, 39 remedies, including rescue. Yeah. And rescue is not a panacea. It doesn't cure everything. No. But it is really remarkable for what it, what it does it work really on. It really does. And there's, there is a remedy for everything out there. Yeah. Everything That's that what, you're feeling. Everything. Yes, I know. It's so amazing. By, so as practitioners, that 
that's what we do is we help you identify what's really going on and help make sure that you get the right remedies that you need that really are the most effective for for your particular state at that moment in time. Exactly right. Okay, we got to take another break here. When we get back, we're going to be talking about the seven flower groups that Bach came up with first, and they're interesting, to say the least. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is just a short little message to tell you, everybody, that who we're going to do the Emerald Spiral Fair on the 26th or 25th of September. It has been canceled, unfortunately. We're all very disappointed because, let me tell you, you know, it really helps the income. But um, it's because of COVID, because of the things being amped up again. So we will be doing our next show on March 26th. So I just want to let everybody know that and tell you what, we're going to be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed back Hank Garrett, the sole surviving cast member from Car 54, Where Are You?, and the man who broke Robert Redford's nose in Three Days of the Condor. On Saturday, it's DJs for a day as we play songs for the working man and working woman during this Labor Day weekend tribute. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and with me we have Mr. Carl Anderson, who is a Bach flower remedy specialist. And we're going to talk right now about the seven flower groups. These are the things that he came up with first before he ever developed all the rest of the, the remedies. There's seven major remedies, or seven categories. Is Actually, he didn't come up with the categories oh. first. Oh, I mean, oh. he actually identified, like, mimulus and okay. a, a couple other uh Or did he do it the other way around? He, they kind of, ultimately, this is what he what he ended up with, was these seven groupings. Like I said, he okay. did develop the seven nozodes first. Okay. And the vaccines and the, then those nozodes. But um, he didn't correlate them with the t- with the remedy names until, uh, excuse me, the groupings. Okay, names until all right. So it's the other way around. I yeah, just they did kinda, it they came, in the end, they all come together. Right. So he developed all this stuff, and then he sort of lumped them in groups that seemed to be that would work. Okay. So here's the first one: those who have fear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anybody who fits in that category. Do you? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> you should have seen me driving over here today. Yeah, you know, and I thought, what the hell is that? I don't know. So, and you never know where it's coming from sometimes. Fear is a, a very unidentifiable emotion. Sometimes yeah. you don't know, but when you do know, it really helps because you can actually right. pick it out of there and put it on a shelf. Right. Well, if you just ask people, you know, if they have any fears, they usually will say no. Uh-huh. But then when you actually get into things like, okay, they might be, you know, worried about things. Yeah. So right. just just in semantics, a slight change there. Worry is fear. Yeah. Right. Yes. So like they might be worried about paying the rent yeah. next month or two months from now. Yeah. They might be worried about the eviction moratorium being annulled. Yeah. You know, this sort of thing. Um, that is fear. Okay. And fear of known source, or could, or f- fear or terror, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how extreme it is. Okay. Um, so. Th- 
again, those are remedies. The, the and remedies what are the that. remedies that particularly apply to that? So mimulus is the standard remedy for fear. Mm-hmm. Terror is actually a different state. It, okay. it, it's not just a stronger fear. Mm-hmm. Um, terror tends to be more gripping, like people will you know, break into sweats. Uh-huh. Phobias are Phobia. definitely more terror than fear. Right. right? You right. can be, you know, um, cherry plum is another one, fear of losing control. Mm-hmm. So, or people who actually do lose control. Mm-hmm. So rage, people like Chris Brown, that cherry plum right. is for that. Right. Aspen is for unknown fears or fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. which tends to manifest itself as generalized anxiety. Okay. So that's that's Aspen. Right. Kind of like you, you're kind of expecting something bad, but you don't know what. Right, yeah. And you're just kind of waiting for the other shoe to fall. Right, exactly. So um, Red chestnut is the fifth remedy in that category, and that's for fear or concern for other the welfare of loved ones. Okay. So whether it's a, a mother with her child, you know, um, being really concerned about the child or an animal, yeah. you know, maternal aggression, you know, who's, right. uh, that's all red chestnut. Okay. Okay. All right. So the next one is those who, s- who suffer uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, You're pretty widespread. Up. Are you looking <laughs> this stuff up? I'm, I'm using it as a reference. Yeah. I oh, good. Okay. That's, that's nice. Because I, <laughs> so I can actually, yeah, discuss yeah. intelligently. Okay. Um, I do know them, but it's like I might miss one if I were just yes, go find based on memory. Um, so there are there are six remedies in the uncertainty category. So serratos for people who don't trust their own judgment. They look to others, seek validation from them. Like, what do you think I should do? Oh, yes. Right? yes Scloranthus is for those who are can't decide. They just couldn't decide if their life depended on it, and they may vacillate between oh, choices. Oh, that's a Libra. <laughs> yeah, Libras. Well, actually, yeah. One of my first partners was a Libra and a Scleranthus also. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Just can't figure out what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, and would always second guess. That's Scleranthus. Yeah. Um, gentians, for those who are easily discouraged, they basically don't know if they have the the um, the strength to go on. And uh, that's Gentian. Gorse, they're, they don't have the hope. They're hopeless. No hope. Yeah. Okay. So they don't, they're uncertain of, that they have the hope. Okay. Hornbeam is for procrastination. Oh, okay. Um, they lack the, the motivation to start. I need that one. I and wild oat is for those who are unsure of their life path, mm-hmm. looking okay. for meaning in their life purpose. Okay. So that's, that's uncertainty. Those, yes. are f- those are all very, very powerful ones, mm-hmm. a very powerful fear that we have. Each of the remedies is very powerful if you need it. <laughs> and it's funny because um, none is more important than, than any of the others. Yes. yes. Um, if you need one, it's the most amazing remedy yeah, in the world. that's right. If it's perfect for you, then yep. it's perfect. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was doing a Bach class, I don't know, about 20 years ago, I have to admit I was sitting there and he was telling us about the individual remedies and I was writing down the astrology with it, you know, uh-huh. and but I thought, well, you know, that, that's actually, it would be kind of cool to combine astrology and this to use it as a diagnostic tool by using the chart, you know. You know, what would I recommend for Dr. Bach to have? Mm-hmm. Well, he was Libra, with lots of Libra, but he didn't need Scleranthus that month because no. he, was, he was so wacky on out there. So, 
that there was something else going on there. So yeah, maybe maybe a little oak because he was kind of a workaholic. Yeah, oh, a little more work work life balance. But. Oh sure, that <laughs> makes sense. Okay, the next one is insufficient interest in present circumstances. Yeah. Okay. There's seven remedies in that category. Okay, seven. Okay. Um, clematis is for those who lack focus. They tend to daydream. They're not really present. Okay. They're kind of airheads. Lack of focus. I saw you waving your hands. <laughs> <laughs> clematis. Come on, focus. Okay. Honeysuckles for uh, those who are stuck in the past or dwell. They dwell in the past. Okay. They they're not in the present. They because they can't be interested in cir- present circumstances because they are tied to something still stuck in the past. Yeah, no, that's tough. That's yeah. really tough. They can't get over a relationship yeah. that ended or yeah. a loss of, you know, whatever, you know. They're, they're just still reminiscing a lot. Yeah, I've talked to many people who have, you know, relationship issues and yeah. they are they are having a hard time moving forward yeah. because they're still back there in your past, right? your past history. And as Eckhart Tolle says, which I love, um, all we have is now, in the power yes. of now. power of now, yeah. All we have is now. The past doesn't exist any longer. No. The future doesn't exist at all. No. Mm-mm. We hope it exists, but, it, but yes. we look to our past for our identity. Mm-hmm. It defines who we, we define ourselves, who we are by our, based on our past, and then we look to the future for our fulfillment. Okay. About, you know, but, um, but in doing so, we're not living life now. No. So living in the moment at all. Right. Yes. So wild rose is for people who are apathetic. Okay. That don't care. They just, yeah, they're just blasé. Okay. They're not really depressed. They're not happy. Nothing really gives them joy or, you know, they're just kind of like, they're just floating along. They're just kind of resigned. That's sort of a lack. That is depression. It it can look like depression. It can look like it. Yes. So you have to kind of really discern, are they depressed Uh or are they just flat? Yeah. If they're not down and really feeling down no, and hopeless, they're just if they're just kind of like, well, that's just the way it is, Yeah. and they're not really ho- feeling hopeless, Okay. they're not down about it, they're just blasé, that, okay. then it's wild rose. All right. Now, uh, exhaustion also can look like apathy, and it also can look like depression, okay. and that's olive. Olive, okay. For, for exhaustion. Olive. And white chestnut, again, for recurring metal thoughts, metal chatter. Yes, that's one of my favorites. So that yep. can distract you from and keep you from being... Totally present. Mustard is for deep gloom. Okay. Depression that comes out of the blue. Okay. And chestnut bud is for those who don't learn from past mistakes. Okay. Repeat All right. Those. Amazing. Okay. Now, the next one is loneliness. Yeah. There are three remedies in this category. Water violets for those who are very private. Water what? Water violet. <gasps> violet. They can seem aloof. Okay. But they're not really aloof. They're private. Okay. They're just very... Yes. They... they you know, they just don't share their... That's stuff. very scorpionic. Yeah. So very. That, that's a water violet. Okay. Um, impatience. Okay. Impatience people tend to be irritable and very impatient. Mm-hmm. And um, they end up driving people away, so that's why it's in the loneliness category. And heathers are very self-absorbed. Okay. They, um, it's all about themselves. Right. And they tend to chatter on to people and... You can't let, they, they won't let go. Uh-huh. They kind of cling. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, people want, can't wait to get away from them. Okay. So. All right. That's interesting. 
That's that's re- that's really interesting. We have a few more to do here. Mm-hmm. So the next one is uh, one mm-hmm. sensitivity to influences and ideas. Oversensitivity. Oversensitivity. Yes. I didn't write read that. Yeah. Right. Over. So those who um, agrimonies, they are people pleasers. Okay. They genuinely want. Um, uh, excuse me. It's the the agrimonies and centaurs are both kind of look like people pleasers, but agrimonies are just trying to avoid conflict. Ah. Uh. They um they hide their problems behind a smile. Okay. And uh, they also just very pretend, Abram. Yeah, pretend like everything's fine, but they're just yeah. like, they might be dying inside. Right. Centauris are the ones who are truly the people pleasers. They both can look that way. Yeah. Um, they both want seem to avoid conflict, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. The the centauris genuinely want to help others, and they find themselves overextended, and doing things that they really don't want to, saying yes, they can't say no. Wow. So centauri helps them, you know. Okay. Kind of set boundaries. That's really something. Walnut is for people who are really too empathic. Uh-huh. And too pick empathic. Up, peep up, pick up everyone's stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. And also, it also helps people navigate change. Oh. So. That's uh, good. Yeah. So if you know that you're right in the middle of something that's going to shift you into a whole new place, may not want to, may want to take some of that. Walnut's great. Yeah. Walnut's great for that. Okay. And then holly is for hatred, jealousy, and oh, envy. Yes. They, um, yeah. yeah, they're too, they're always, com- always comparing, yeah. So. Okay. All right. All right. The next one is despondency or despair. Right. So this is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> big grouping. I figured. Eight remedies in here. Eight So remedies. willow's for resentment and bitterness. Okay. Larch is for Lack of confidence. Okay. Pine is for guilt uh-huh. or self-reproach. Okay. Self, self-blame. Mm-hmm. Elm is for being overwhelmed. And a lot of people kind of confuse that for anxiety because okay. both of those tend to reside in the gut. But aspens for anxiety uh-huh. and elm is for being overwhelmed. Right. Self, for things like sensory overload too, just like too much to process. Okay. Um, sweet chestnut is for mental anguish. Mm-hmm. And they... Um, they may be depressed. It could be from grief, this sort of thing, but they keep trying, and it's almost as though God has forsaken them. Right. Um, Star of Bethlehem. Yes, that's a tough one. That's a big grief one. Grief and trauma. Yeah. That's for grief and trauma. Okay. And then Oak is for those who are exhausted, but they keep on Keep they, on going. They, they don't give up. They keep struggling. I, was, I talked to a woman on the phone one time recently here who his mother had just died three weeks ago, and she was asked to clean up her whole house and get rid of all of her stuff. She says, I just can't deal with it. And I said, right. man, she needs that stuff that yeah. you just mentioned. Yeah. 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 And, and then she needs to start Bethlehem for the grief. Exactly. And the, and the shock. And well. there was other stuff that went yeah. along with that. Her chart showed some really interesting stuff, but mm-hmm. that would help her get that that initial lid off of stuff so she isn't right. so paralyzed. Exactly. So, okay. Now. And there's one more in that grouping now. The crab oh. apple is a very important one because it's for um, self-esteem, self-worth. Okay. For those, any sort of obsessive behaviors for people yeah. who feel toxic or dirty. Yeah. And Or they're hyper, hyper concerned about keeping cleanliness at home, okay. house proud, that sort of thing. Interesting. So. Okay. All right, and we have one more. How many have we gotten? It says overcare for wef- of we- for welfare of others. Yeah. That's what it says here. And that's correct, and there are five in this category. Oh, there would be. Okay. Chicory is... Hold on. We're going to hang on to that. Break. We're going to take a break. Okay. And when we get back, we will finish up with these very amazing seven um, different categories. 
And then, so we're going to take a break right now. And this is Eileen Grimes of the Jupiter Rising Show. And we'll be right back. Oh, hello. I have to talk. All right. Susan Bergstrom is a Medicare exchange. I knew I'd do something like that. Susan Bergstrom is a licensed agent of Washington and Oregon, helping people obtain of security in their lives by providing insurance that pays for final expenses and money for transitioning after a loved one dies. She has a brand new prescription program that can ha- you can sign up with. It's called Click RX, C-L-I-C-R-X. It provides deep discounts on prescriptions even more than GoodRx does. So you can, sign, you can contact Susan at her email address, and she will text you a form on how to sign up, and you can save almost 85% of your costs on your existing prescriptions. Yay. So contact her at Susan Bergstrom, the Medicare Exchange, at 253-318-9379 for an appointment. And if you want to talk to her about the ClickRx, you can email her at sbergstrom at AmericanSeniorBenefits.com. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I swear to God, some days you just, sometimes you feel like a net, sometimes you don't. Anyway, so we were going to the last remedy, which was uh, overcare for welfare of others. Right. There are five remedies in this category. Right. Um, chicory is for those who are really kind of bossy and kind of needy. Yeah. So if you've ever seen um, Keeping Up Appearances on PBS. Now, yes, you, you were. You were <laughs> <laughs> it's on tonight. I'm so excited. They've missed it for four weeks because they had pledge drives. So but they're going to be on today. Hyacinth Bouquet oh. is a classic chicory. Is she? So, yes. She's always correcting Richard, straightening his tie, yeah. doing this and that, and criticizing him. But it's really, it's like, where would you be without me? But yeah. it, But it's really about her need to be needed. And to control. It's her, right, and control. Yeah. So that, that's exactly what she Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned her. She's so fabulous. It's also for animals. It's also for, for animals who are overly territorial, yeah. overly protective. Okay. That sort of thing as well. That's interesting. Um, it's, it's kind of an interesting category because it doesn't seem to blend much with the rest of them. Well... It, Kind of. Again, you know, again, the, each one's different. And yeah. th- there, are, there are some some that kind of seem like they overlap over each other, but, right. but they, you have to try to winnow it down to figure out where it's really coming from. I love that you mentioned Hyacinth. She's Hyacinth. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. She really is my favorite. <laughs> I just love her. Great show. Okay. Um, Vervain is for those who are over, overly enthusiastic. Okay. And they can become overbearing. Again, oh. none, of, none of these things are bad in themselves. None of the mm-hmm. emotions are bad. But when they're out of balance, they can be, they can be bad yeah. for, for everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. And vines um, are very assertive, domineering. A lot, a lot of CEOs tend to be, you know, very domineering. Un, un, unchecked, they can become kind of brutal and, you know, yeah. schoolyard bullies, that kind of thing. Right. Um, but um, in balance, they're very good. Beach is for those who are critical or intolerant. And then rock water for those who are inflexible. They, um, they're they very rigid in their thinking. Okay. Perfectionists tend to be uh, rock waters. Okay. Um, they hold themselves to a higher standard. and uh, Yeah. 
they can they can make themselves miserable. It seems they can like ne- the, never. Attain. Oh, you have two more to tell me here. So um, no, that was it. I thought oh, I thought you said there was five. Oh, there were not. there are chicory, vervain, vine, beech, and rock water. Okay, it seems like these this grouping is kind of for hardcore stuff. <laughs> they well yeah they yeah, are. it really does yeah yeah and you know to actually if you could talk to Hyacinth and tell her to knock it off but yeah. he never has the guts to do that right but you know um so he's he is um a centauri he's weak-willed <laughs> he's he's so weak centauris and and chicories tend to kind of gravitate toward one another oh sure it makes a codependency a doesn't it master servant <laughs> sort of relationship yeah. a, a little <laughs> yeah. bit like that so dominant <laughs> submissive kind yeah. of yeah. in the other other words oh whoa okay that makes total sense all right so that was really interesting i'm really glad we did that because i really wanted to i saw those seven on the website and i thought what are those and so yeah. and i I got wrote them down so I could talk to you about them. So, so we great. just did a crash course in the remedies. All we covered all I, thirty-eight. Are you going to test me later? <laughs> 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 but if anyone wants more information, I have a a, a full level one class coming up. Um, yes, I mean next month, three yeah. weeks from from today. It it's um I took one class on it. It was for a whole weekend, and I was yeah. so lost by the end of it. Couldn't believe it how much information there was. Yeah, but if you can break it down into several sessions, obviously, or several you know types of classes, that's a whole lot better because well, the the two day class is really great. It's the it's the best class I think mm-hmm. you can get because if you stretch it out, when I was teaching them online, um, I would break it into four online sessions because eight hours is just too much oh, to yeah. do it in, in one Zoom. Absolutely. And then two days in a row, you just end up fried. Yeah, but, usually, um, yeah, the, usually the after two hours. The class is really good. The, there are a lot of exercises and, and uh, case studies and things mm-hmm. to break break it up. Oh, that's great. So That's great. Because I remember when I was teaching astrology online or anywhere else, I would go for about two hours and I'd look over my client. Their, you know, their eyes were walled. Yeah. You know, they were I said, well, I'm still ready to go. And just, I didn't think I can do this anymore. <laughs> you know, the, it just, you reach a, a level where you've just topped out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important too. Well, we try to take that into account and, with, you know, yeah. like change things up when you and have give a, breaks, you know, in the live class, you know, the, the yeah, two When you have a, have a situation like either astrology or Bach flower remedies or whatever situation that is an, an, a learning system, you know, that mm-hmm. you learn all about them. It's it's so incredible, hyper detailed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it takes mental energy. It does. Yeah, it really to, does to really concentrate and and grasp it. Yeah, yeah, it does. And when you have it, it's it's very cool because it just sort of becomes a make it a, a part of your brain. You mm-hmm. got brain cells up there that are named that now. You know, like I have, you know, a Virgo section or a Pluto section. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, you know, there's lots of stuff that I can grab from. But you know, um, I'm so glad that Bach develop these and i'm looking at his mercury mercury at 28 virgo it's like a few degrees from my moon so that that hits emotionally with me mm. okay so that's very cool but i like that let's see if there's anything else we didn't talk about here oh, we talked about his mars and scorpio on the eighth well we kind of knew that we're there might be some interesting i don't say sexual stuff because it's a very sexual placement for mars but you know that that really actually adds up to his research abilities. Mm-hmm. Mars and Scorpio can his research, passion. can just keep going, and passion. Yeah. That's the key. So I think you, I don't know if you, I think you touched on it, or maybe we talked about that separately. But when he was um, 
1937, he was diagnosed with cancer. Right. He, right. he actually collapsed, and he was he went into surgery. Mm-hmm. I've read two different accounts. I mean, originally I heard that that he was basically told it was inoperable and he was just sealed up. But I've also read someplace that that they removed a, a tumor from his spleen. Mm-hmm. But in either case, um, they definitely told him that he had no more than three months to live. Yeah. In 1937. Right. And um, but he didn't. He ended up living another 20 years. He died, yeah. well, almost. That he died in 1919. Uh, excuse me, that was 1917, 1936 is when he died. Right, so 19 right. years later. In 19 years. So um, he... Um, and he just he immersed himself in in this work to to try to complete this this um the system yeah. and it took him it took him a long time to complete the system right and he had finally just finished it and issued a new revision to um yeah. to his book the, the 12 healers and he started a lecture tour and he planned this major lecture tour throughout Europe and around England and then he he only gave one lecture and then he collapsed and he died it's, and he basically felt that that um, he was it was done. the work, the work that kept him alive. Yeah, his right. passion for this work, right. and that Providence gave him that time to yeah to complete the work, and then once it was done, it was complete, it and was his done. mission on Earth was done. He was done. That's it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And Mars and Scorpio are really well known for get taking one subject and researching the heck out of them, mm-hmm. you know, until the bottom, and, and you keep going past bottom. You know, because I did that with the astrology of the Titanic. Mm -hmm. It took me seven years to do that. You know, but I loved it. I absolutely loved researching it. It was a it was a pistol. I kept finding stuff, and it was too (laughs) awesome for words. So, and also, it probably extended my life too because of that. Because I didn't, you know, I don't ever have that much stuff wrong with me except I'm diabetic. But I know that I can actually change. I can change energy from blah to passion. And when I do that, that helps. So anyway, two minutes, he says. Okay. I, so thank you, Carl, for being here today. And it was an awesome show today. Thank it was, you. Yeah, it was great. So let's talk about what's coming up. We have the Jupiter Experience, the metaphysical conversation that's coming up this Tuesday. We have on Bree Gibbs, Dr. Bree Gibbs. She's going to be talking about reincarnation. And then the following week, let me see who's on. Oh, Carl Anderson is on. Oh, know? You can come meet Carl in person at the Jupiter Experience. That's at Burr's Restaurant. And that's 6151 Silicon Boulevard Southwest in Lakewood. And it'll be starting at 7 o'clock when the speakers t- speaker talks. And there'll be, I don't know how many people there, but it, it's getting better every week. So it's great. So if you want more information on that, you can contact me at 206-816-0546. And let's see, um, where can we get a hold of you? Um, my website is www.carlandersonbfrp.com. My phone number is 415-420-7800. Okay, great. How much time we got now? One minute. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Okay, and next week we have on, uh, we have Mr. Alfie Lavoy. 
who we've never had on before. He is a inventor of astrological programs and all sorts of stuff. He's been an astrologer for 53 years. It's going to put me to shame. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it'll be great having him. I've always wanted to have him on the show, and I asked him, and he said he would. So it's awesome. And then the following week on September 11th will be sort of a memorial for seven, uh, on the 11th, September 11th, will be Michael C. Press. He's going to be here, and he's going to be sharing his music with us. So we're going to have a good time. So anyway, thank you for being with us today. We had a great time with Carl, and we'll see you next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show. Oh, no, it's not. It's KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.